This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to Behind the Influence, a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. There's probably some times where we were like, this is our last this is our last month, and then we get a phone call and a project would kind of come through. And we went from essentially selling 20,000 units in 2016, and then 2017 we shipped almost like 800,000. But we were able to kind of adjust, we adapted, and we just kept going and kind of kept pushing. Every 10 no's, we got a yes. All those yeses kind of kept fueling us and kept fueling the company to the next level. Chris's company is a small little company you may have heard of called Fanjoy. When I say small, I'm lying. It's it's basically the leading merch brand. I would say it's number one. That's what I would say. I say it's number one, Chris. We couldn't say anything less. No, it's (laughs) it's definitely number one. It didn't just become number one overnight. And you also, the path to getting to where you are today interesting story. And we want to dive into that with a lot of tech influencers and startup phenomenons like yourself. We really like to get the backstory because there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this that want to start their own companies. They may be overwhelmed, intimidated, and kind of hearing your journey and maybe the places you may have failed and then overcome those failures might inspire somebody to kind of take the leap like you did. So let's take it way back. Okay. I don't think you went to school thinking I'm going to make t-shirts for David Dobrik one day and be super (laughs) successful at it. So what was the path? Yeah. I mean, the path was, I think I've always had something kind of like an itch or like a burn to like build something and like want to build something big. I don't think I ever had the right concept or idea in the very beginning. Uh, my my mom actually was an entrepreneur. She's always, you know, started her own businesses. I mean, I've kind of got that drive from from her and just seeing kind of her being persistent with the businesses that she had, mainly like the restaurant space. I don't know. I think I think for that, you know, being a, a CEO or, or a founder, you kind of have freedom to do whatever you want. And I think I was really attracted to that. You know, growing up, I, I, I always like was in like the, the hospitality restaurant industry. And then after college, you know, I, I really wanted to focus something that was you know, outside of outside of that. And not knowing what I wanted wanted to do, I moved to San Francisco with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, who's about to have our, our child. Literally any minute. <laughs> any minute now. And we moved to San Francisco. I took a sales job at a, just a random random company. 
And during that time, my brother's band, A Great Big World, they had a hit song called Say Something with Christina Aguilera mm -hmm. that kind of blew up. And from there, my brother was like, hey, we need to go on tour. Do you want to come with us? And for me, I think that was kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity just to say yes and do something different. And kind of from there, you know, touring the U.S. for six months, selling merchandise on the road, I just, I just saw, you know, the, the magic in like the fans eyes every single night when they saw them perform. And I was like, how can I capture this experience or even connect them in a more meaningful way outside of the venue? Because at the venue, everyone is super energetic, super positive. And I didn't want that to die after the venue experience, you know, ended. I wanted it to keep, keep living on in some kind of form or fashion. So I was trying to brainstorm different ways to kind of connect musicians with their fans <laughs> You know, there are a bunch of subscription box companies out there. And I was like, can I build a subscription box company for musicians to their fans? And would people buy it? So we actually launched in 20, wow, 2014. We launched with a subscription box from A Great Big World to their fans. And we had about 250 people signed up. At, and we, we actually almost made like a care package from musicians to their fans. So we had five to seven different items in each package and every three months they'd receive a package in the mail. So we launched in January, 250 subscribers. We launched the second package in April, 250 subscribers. Not in, not, That's pretty not, decent for no marketing, or right? Yeah, I mean, we use their social channels, right? Their YouTube channel to kind of get the word out there. But 250 people are signing up for a subscription. Yeah. That's it was it's good. Not a one time. It was, it was great. No, yeah, it, was, awesome. it was awesome. It was great. It was kind of like, you know, once you saw kind of like money come in, like, okay, this, this could work. This is, is working. How do we, you know, grow it from there? You know, for me, I wanted to kind of just get more musicians signed up and I would talk to all these, you know, managers or agencies and nobody wanted to do a subscription box. It was like the one thing that people didn't want to do, but I did connect with Hillary Duff's manager at okay. the time and she had a new album coming out. And I think it was her first album in eight years. And he was like, I don't want to do a subscription box, but I do want to do an album box. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do that. So that actually, you know, when we launched that one, she sold thousands of units. And from, from that moment on, we kind of just started doing more one-off based packages. So around album releases or book releases. And we worked with, you know, the Mariah, Mariah Carey, uh, the Elvis estate. We worked with Pentatonix, All Time Low, a bunch of different musicians. And... You know, it went well. First year, I think we we did ten thousand packages shipped, and then the second year, we did about twenty thousand packages shipped. So, is this just you at the time, or yeah, you, just did me you at form the time. a team? Did you call it a company? Was it a company? It was a company. Yeah, we actually had the paperwork filed, so we were okay. actually a legit company. So you were legit. You weren't just in your house, like I, the first boxes. the first package together was actually in my house, and then after that experience, I didn't want to do that again. But it was really good to just kind of get hands on boxes everywhere. Yeah, I mean, when you have seven different items that go in a package, it's just a lot of work that has to be kind of coordinated and figured out. It's so curated. Exactly. How were you finding the what was going into the box? Who was coming up with the creative for that? So a lot of it, a lot of it was kind of me giving suggestions to the to the talent, but really we were trying to use their life experiences and their interests and you know what they liked and what they you know wanted to share with their fans. Talk us through a box. I'm yes. trying to wrap my yeah, head around like so, a Hillary Duff box. So it was like exclusive merchandise. Okay. And then products from brands that she loved. So we I had love that. So we had brands kind of integrated into the packages that it maybe had like a, a strong message behind the product or just something that she used in a, on a daily basis. I think that that's genius. It was awesome. Yeah. Fans really loved it. It that's was just so personal and curated. I love that. Yeah.
Okay. Yeah, we applied that to the different musicians that we kind of worked with. and Great idea, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was trying. I was trying to make something work, oh, really? right? I was like, this, there's something here that mm-hmm. is connecting with fans when they receive the package. And, you know, people love getting packages in the mail. I mean, when And I, the surprise element, I think, totally. is super fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's limited edition. Mm-hmm. It's exclusive. Sometimes we had, like, signed albums in the box or just signed items, one-off items, Polaroids. So we try to get really, like, custom with it. I guess for 2015 and 2016 years, you know, we... We really just went and tried to scale this business, but it was just me and the company. So it's hard to just do it as yourself and, and do it by yourself. You know, we tried to raise money from VCs. We tried to get into accelerator programs. And every time they would just be like, it's not a scalable business, something that's not for us. We even had a meeting with a big music company and we were pitching this idea for one of their artists, something that they weren't doing at the time. And they actually like blew up the meeting, like as we were talking and describing what we were going to do, they just had a massive, massive, you know, argument in front of us with half the team wanting to do it with us. The other half saying they can do it in house. And it was just like, it was just like a really like big wake up call being like, we don't need you guys kind of, kind of moment for you. It was us. Yeah. Even though there were, you know, people on their team that were like, this is a good idea. We should use fan joy. You know, they kind of had the mentality of we can do it ourselves. And so it was FanJoy at that time. Totally, yeah. Okay, same, got it. Same, same name. Same name. Yeah, I mean, it was, there's a lot of ups and downs in the very beginning. You know, we didn't raise any money, so a lot of it was just credit cards, using one project to kind of fuel the next, mm-hmm. and some lucky breaks. There's probably some times where we were like, this is, our last, this is our last month, and then we get a phone call, and a project would kind of come through. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just But they were one-off projects? One-off projects, okay. yeah. People would want to do a subscription, and the economics just weren't there. I mean, a box set, you everyone wants a deal. Everyone wants, you know, that the price point has to be a certain, a certain price for people to stay subscribed. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just challenging. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to kind of keep that going. But we did, we did test in 2016, just doing like one-off merchandise pieces, so selling just T-shirts and hoodies. And this was still for musicians. So still for. Um, well, you were branching out. Yeah, just random people that would reach out to us, mm-hmm. you know, people who we did packages for, you know, box sets for. They were like, hey, can you make a T-shirt for us? And it was just me and the, and the company at the time. So I was trying to design the shirts myself. I'm in no way a graphic designer, but I kind of got... Startup got, life. Got, I, I opened up Photoshop and kind of learned a little bit mm-hmm. and tried to figure things out. It was always kind of just feeling like you you have a challenge that you can't overcome. And that was like kind of like what that time of my life felt like mm. but it was also rewarding knowing that you know once we did make it and we we kept going that there could be a light at the end of the tunnel if I just keep trying mm-hmm. so yeah for so 2016 we you know started working with just different like influencers I started seeing on Instagram just random teenagers with you know hundreds of thousands of likes on pictures and I think even at the time when someone got like 10,000 likes. I was like, whoa, this is, this is big. Like this is, this is big. Mm -hmm. And I would like keep researching on Instagram and just seeing, you know, 16 year olds, like 20 year olds just getting massive, massive engagement online um, and on their, their social channels. So for us and for me, that was kind of like an opportunity to see, can these kids sell anything? Do they have the power to, because they weren't selling at the time. Like no one was really pushing merchandise or products or their own products at the time. Mostly so, brand deals. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mostly brand deals. But no none, no, no, one really had the aspirations to like build their own brand. Or if they did, they just weren't doing it. 
So, or at least not through t-shirts and hoodies. Right. Right. So I actually got a couple of influencers just via emailing them from their email listed in their Instagram profile saying, hey, my company's Fanjoy. We basically do all the work to create merchandise packages and experiences. Do you want to work together? And this and is still just Chris. This is still just Chris. It. Yeah. Okay. And I had a couple of responses from from two people. One being Jake Paul. Mm -hmm. I've heard of him. Yeah, you've heard of him. <laughs> He's actually on this series. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. And 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 Jake actually responded to two of the the team ten members that I reached out to, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm working with these guys. We can we can chat." Was this 2017? This is the end of 2016. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And this is when he team ten and Jake Paul were literally the top of the game. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of just like started it. Yeah. They just started putting out a ton of content mm -hmm. and. Jake wasn't doing merchandise at the time. I think after about three months, we kind of went back and forth, and he was like, I want to do a subscription box. And I was like, no, I think you want to launch a hoodie. And I was like, it's probably a lot easier for us to just get started and just get a product sold and into the hands of your fans and them kind of you know, repping the community that you're building. Did you know at that time how big Jake Paul was going to be? Or did, did you see the trajectory? Because obviously... Around that time, his following was growing rapidly. Right. Did you have any idea? I don't think I knew the kind of scale. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, you saw all the, the team members that he had, their following, the views they were getting on YouTube, mm -hmm. the engagement they were getting on their social channels, and I don't think anybody really knew what was what was kind of coming during that that time. Or if it was just a trend. Right. Exactly. A fleeting trend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we launched at the end of 27, 2016, going into the holidays, a hoodie, and it did really well. Do and you still remember the first Jake Paul hoodie? Yeah, it was just a Team 10 hoodie. Was it, was it just like a plain? Black hoodie with Team 10 logo on it. Simple. Didn't have 12 different items in a box. It was just one hoodie that was being produced and then shipped to fans. And that process seemed scalable. Like mm -hmm. once we started selling thousands of them, it became a, a much like feasible task for us to kind of scale this business. But it, you didn't sell thousands right away. Was it right away? It, it was almost immediate. Yeah. So he puts out, I guess, a photo or whatever saying my merch is available or yep. in his YouTube videos. He often yep. points to merch that people could buy. How are you able to even come up with a price point? Because they're not cheap. The The no. merch is not cheap. I think we, I mean, in the very beginning, we kind of based it off of, other like clothing brands and, and kind of what they were selling hoodies and t-shirts mm -hmm. for, you know, at the time we weren't selling a ton of, you know, merchandise. So we really didn't have a good concept or grasp of what price people would pay for it. And especially the demo, for example, Jake's demo, it's a little younger. Yep. So where are they getting their money from? Obviously right. parents give their kids whatever they want nowadays, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to consider that too, right? Yeah. So totally. I mean, we we priced it, I think, at $40 for a hoodie, mm -hmm. which is pretty reasonable now. It is reasonable. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about that as a price point. It's great. Yeah. But thinking about an eight-year-old. Yeah. For children's clothing, it's probably way, way too right. expensive, which we kind of adjusted kind of as we started launching youth youth sizes. Mm -hmm. And But, you know, in the very beginning, we just we just sold adult unisex, you know, hoodies. And, you know, it did, it did really well. And from that moment on, uh, I, was, I was still in San Francisco at the time, and I was like, I need to build a team around this because as we continue to sell more and more products, I can't do it alone. So I actually hired two people, January 2017, and one was a graphic designer, one was a project manager, and we 
just kind of hit the ground running, we would essentially launch products almost weekly with with Team 10. And then we would just basically onboard new talent, new clients almost every other week. We would get a, a referral or we would get an incoming message or I would reach out to them. And we just started onboarding more and more clients in 2017. And we went from essentially selling 20,000 units in 2016. And then 2017, we shipped almost like 800,000 items. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. So with the strategy behind, I always wondered this. When Jake was promoting his merch, mm-hmm. it was constantly changing. Was that a part of the strategy into making it feel limited release? And did you notice that that helped? Because immediately things were sold out. And then there's totally. this like you were left out feeling. Yep. So the next time you're going to jump on it quicker. What was the strategy behind that? Yeah, a little bit of everything, right? We, I think at the very beginning, we didn't know what would work, what wouldn't work. So we tried everything that you can possibly think of to see what would basically convert to sales. And for us, I think we're now looking at ourselves as we're an e-commerce company. So we had to kind of optimize and figure out what strategies would work for for our clients to make the most amount of money as possible. So for us, you know, we would we would push that limited edition message message as well as making sure that you know fans just also just felt part of the community when receiving that product so whether it's uh, an insert with a note from their favorite creator or winning i don't know a facetime after they purchased the product whatever it was we just wanted to see what would work and what kind of what didn't as we kind of moved on and and onboarded more clients and tried to apply these same strategies to you know their brands 
So the supply and demand theory definitely works. Totally. It's, you know, human nature to want something you can't have. Yep. So that was obvious. And then changing it up, making it more personal. How was that process working with influencers? Because were they a part of the creative process? Because now you have a graphic designer. Chris isn't in Photoshop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is great. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you. So how hands-on were the influencers with the creative process? They're very hands-on. You know, all of them have kind of their own, they're all creatives in their own way. So they'll have their own, you know, thoughts and ideas. And for us, it's kind of just taking their design direction and aesthetic and, and kind of running with it and hopefully creating something that they love. But ultimately they would have, you know, final approval and, you know, they would give us most of the direction of what we were actually creating. So if they didn't love the product that we made, we weren't going to sell it because they have to love the product and wear the product for it to sell. Mm. You know, people watching, you know, consumers can tell if something's just kind of being plugged and not, you know, and not, and not like an organic or genuine way. So if they actually wore it in their videos, if they, if they, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. So a perfect example, I think of what you're trying to say is when I first met Jake, this is like three or four years ago when he first moved to LA, he came to some set and he was wearing a tie dye shirt, right? Yep. His merch includes tie dye hoodies. Yep. So basically I think you're trying to say the people, the people creating the merch, it's stuff that they would wear. Basically, exactly. right? Yeah. So we're taking trends that they might wear elsewhere and kind of applying to their own brands. They're making apparel that they would wear. Totally. Are you guys a part of the direction and kind of guiding trends as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a creative director who kind of leads that charge and just helps them find a unique direction that can take inspiration from others, but kind of be their own. Mm -hmm. We don't want to copy, like be a copycat. We don't want to you know, step on anyone other other brands' toes. We want to make sure they're unique in their own way. So, so totally, we're involved in that you know whole design process. But for us, we also take care of basically everything else. So, on FanJoy side, in helping build their brand, we look to the talent and our creators to promote the product and kind of give design direction. And then FanJoy takes care of the rest. So, FanJoy will take on any all the design, production, fulfillment all the customer support, everything regarding e-commerce, so website development, website management. We do email marketing, Facebook, Instagram advertising. Everything that it takes to build a brand is what FanJoy takes on. So we try to make it as turnkey as possible for anyone with a following to kind of build a brand and not have any headaches doing so. Yeah, that was, you kind of answered what I was going to ask next was, it's obvious why you would want to work with influencers. Mm -hmm. Why would they want to work with you? But yeah. if it's so turnkey, it sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah. And then from a business standpoint, are the influencers almost partners in the project with you? Are they getting, obviously they're getting a cut or I don't even know how to call it. It's not yeah. a commission per se, but it's their likeliness, right? Totally, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're making, it, it definitely is like a partnership model. You know, they're making revenue on every item sold. Obviously we take a small fee, you know, per, of course. per item sold, but that kind of covers everything else that we kind of handle in the back end. So really with them, the ones who are making pretty decent money with the merchandise, the ones who are doing it at scale and selling thousands of units kind of per month. And how many partners do you have right now that are in that category? Um, we have a, we have a good amount. You have a good amount. We have a good amount that do that, that much in sales. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely varies by creator and the amount of kind of effort they put into it. So all of their fans are kind of watching their platforms. So if they're not pushing it or promoting it, it's really hard for them to generate sales. But when they do, you know, promote it on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, they'll see kind of return in sales. 
And then as far as expectations, when you do enter into these partnerships with influencers, mm -hmm. is there on your end an expectation from them to produce a certain amount of merch per quarter per, are these all, this is just like from a business standpoint, yep. do they, are they obligated first? Cause you have a business to run at the end of totally. the day. Well, we have, you know, we have standards and mm -hmm. expectations that we hope they hit. Mm -hmm. But I think for us, kind of something that we've learned along the way is that even with somebody with 6 million followers, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be able to sell a ton of merchandise and products. Who are the people who are selling? Not not names, but who? Yeah. what's the type of influencer who's selling the most? It's a good question. I, I think the ones who are super genuine and good at their craft. So somebody who is a really good storyteller, somebody who can who has created a community instead of just a following based on their looks. Somebody who is actually, you know, having influence over their fans by developing a deeper connection that, I don't know, rises rises above just kind of what you see scrolling through Instagram. Somebody who can connect on a deeper level. It's not just the look at me influencer. It's the we're in this together influencer. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of hard to differentiate as well. I mean, I think as many as people that you can look on Instagram and, and YouTube and see, you know, views or numbers, it it's hard to see who's actually going to be able to sell products. So that's interesting because you're behind the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. So you're seeing the inner workings and actually who has influence. And in our trailer, we say people of influence, the real kind. Yeah. yeah. Because nowadays everyone is an influencer yep. or a self-dubbed influencer. And I think your business model is like very black and white as to who actually has influence because if they're if they're driving sales they have influence at the end of the day we are influenced every single day for what we buy what we listen to how we think even without even knowing it half the time yep so has there been anything that has surprised you in working with influencers or I, their lack of influence or their power yeah I think the lack of influence is the surprising part just because you see, you can see the engagement and then when they tell someone to do a swipe up or click the link in my bio and they can't generate traffic, mm. you just start to question kind of who's following them. Are they real people? Are they just way too young to buy anything? Almost like is, is, is all this real? Like what's real about this if you can't get people to click on a link and buy something but obviously so much of it is real because your your company has blown up in the yeah. last 2 years right like substantially blown up it's it's always been successful and the things that you've tried you know but influencers kind of took it to the next level totally so there there is some power to it i guess it's just a matter of who yeah who has that power but it's also i mean on the other side it's also very surprising of who who has that power and the people who do just the amount of influence they do have over their, over the people who are supporting them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously I don't want to say numbers, but they're, they're just be, they're able to. No, we want to know numbers. You don't have to say names, <laughs> but like, because, because, you know, I don't think people really understand how yeah. much money there is in merch, which is why I thought this interview would be fantastic. And, yeah. and I was saying before we went on air that a lot of these influencers are making most of their money from merch sales, not from YouTube views. Right. I mean, for the the ones who are doing really well with with merchandise and, and apparel, 
I think that a lot of their merchandise sales have surpassed any other stream of revenue they have. So some of them are making hundreds of thousands of dollars per month. And, you know, that kind of goes to tell you that they do have power. They do have um, influence. And they are, like, starting, especially with the apparel, they're starting their own trends, right? They're able to kind of use their... They're, um, you know, they're kind of, they're able to use, you know, what they like in their personal life and what they would wear and translate that into their own products. And that's kind of when they, when they start wearing their own products in the videos, when they're always wearing it on Instagram, that's kind of when fans are like, this is more than just a piece of merchandise. I want to be part, part of this community that they're building. I think that piece of merchandise, it's, it's to other people, it could be a t-shirt, but to some, it's just, it's a, it kind of gets them closer to the ones that they admire the most. And they're able to to feel a deeper connection by just owning a piece of their brand or something that says something that relates to their favorite creators. And that's special. And we see, you know, we see unpackage un like unboxing videos uh, all the time of just fans, just, you know, crying when they receive a, a, a t-shirt and some of us are just like, why are they crying? But it's just much more than that. Like they're, they're, they're impacting lives on a daily basis that, that we kind of can't relate to because well, one, they're probably, younger than us mm -hmm. and they just have um they're almost seen as like their best friend mm -hmm. and they might be to us might be people who are just making youtube videos but to others they actually have this like friendship connection with someone that they watch you know constantly and consistently what was the because obviously you've worked with musicians and now you've moved into this influencer space has that been the major difference that because i know when we think of rock stars mm -hmm. and they're on this it's almost like they're on a pedestal above us yep. with influencers. Like you said, it's almost like they're in the living room with you. So now they want to support and buy. And did you notice a direct correlation in sales between the two? Yes. So I think, which, which is shocking yeah. because you look at musicians and you're like, Oh my God, Drake. But then I wonder how much of his tour merch sold versus David Dobrik, for example. Yeah. I mean, I think with musicians, they can sell, the issue and the kind of the challenge there is that they're not always putting out content to be able to promote products. So if they are only pushing merchandise or products on tour, on tour right. or on their socials, because they don't, they're not putting out other things in between, it might just be seen as kind of like a money grab. Whereas like these creators and YouTubers, you know, they're constantly putting out content and they're not afraid to plug the merchandise. Whereas someone like, you know, a famous musician might be, be seen as like, that's, that's tacky. That's cheesy. I'm not going to push my own products. Whereas this is kind of the livelihood of a lot of our clients. So like this generates most of the revenue for them on a monthly basis. So they're going to promote it and they are going to push it, which yeah, musicians kind of have, there's, they'll promote two times. Whereas like an, a creator will promote 20 times. And that's kind of like, you know, it's all about traffic and click-throughs and people who see the product pages to eventually buy. So it's just more, much more consistent and constant with the, the influencers. So when influencers partner with you, is this something that are you actively seeking out partnerships with people that you think are good for the brand or is, has it been an organic thing? Cause I'm sure a lot of people just make introductions and they're like, Hey, you should meet with this person. They'd be great for it. And what's the process like for you now, now that it's super successful and you don't have to introduce yourself when you walk into a room, they know what Fanjoy is. Yeah. I mean, now we have a lot of incoming kind of uh, client, client outreach to us. For us, I think we're at the point where 
in the very beginning, we were saying yes to literally everyone, which was probably a very bad thing to do. But I think it kind of, we learned along the way of not falling into the, the traps of onboarding somebody who's not able to sell something. And now we're much more selective of who we, who we bring on and mainly looking for the top tier talent that can, that can build a brand and not just put out merchandise. Because I think the, the creators that we work with have the ability to build a brand that kind of lives far beyond their face on a t-shirt. And yeah, I mean, for us on the outreach side, yeah, I'm constantly DMing top talent. I um, love that you're so totally, in the trenches. Yeah, you have to, you have to be, you kind of have to, you know, it's either their manager or their agent or them. And I don't think it's bad to go after all three uh, and see who responds. In the very beginning, I was only getting responses because I was cold emailing or cold calling. So it works. So I'm gonna. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna continue to it do it. It works, yeah, um, and it's probably a little easier now that you have yeah. the roster that you do. Yeah, and you have, yeah, we have the case studies in place to show that we have the know-how and the processes to help scale a company. And they're make they're making money. It's like who's gonna turn down? Yeah, a revenue stream that is basically you guys are taking all the work out of. Right. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. So you got into the influencer space and yes. you have all these wonderful people working for you. Jake is kind of what spearheaded, I would say, is that pretty yeah. true? Spearheaded the the huge surge. And now you have this incredible roster of people that you're working with. Can you name some of the partners on Fanjoy? Totally. So right now we are supporting around 60 different uh, content creators um, with building their brand. Some like David Dobrik. We have Sam and Colby, we have the Try Guys, we have Adelaine Morin, we have Elle Mills, we have, oh man, 
You have, have so many. We have a lot. We have you a lot. Tana. We have Tana. We uh, can't forget Tana. I feel like I need to pull out pull out my roster, but yeah, we have a good amount, and you know, all of them are kind of unique in their own way, and they're able to connect with their audience on a much deeper level, and have continued to do it for years now, and have kind of built up that community that supports them no matter what, and a lot of them have you know strong messages behind what they do. I don't know if I mentioned Adelaide Morin, but she has a huge, you know, girls supporting girls campaign that she's done the last two years where every month she basically donates proceeds to a new charity. You know, people are really doing good in the world with the products that they're making, which we can totally support and get. Behind. I love that. So you do a give back. They can do percentages yep. based on, and is that through FanJoy or they do it through their own? Yes. It's through, it's through the FanJoy merchandise That's that they incredible. sell. Totally. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of, their message is whatever they want it to be. And if they're able to use it for good, then, you know, we support that 100%. This is an unfair question to ask, but I'm just going to ask it. It's like asking who your favorite child is to a mother. Oh, no. Is there a certain <laughs> partner that you just have really enjoyed working with? It's no shade to anybody else. It's just, hey, I've really enjoyed working with this person. Hmm. It's okay to have favorites. We have favorite ice cream flavors. Nobody gets offended. I know, I know. I, I, I really love David Dobrik. You know, David has, you know, created an incredible community with his, his fan base. And it's all via four minute and 20 second videos Everybody on Everybody loves David Dobrik. Yeah. He's he just, is just, he's just the, the golden child. Do you know why he's the golden child? I don't know. He's very likable. David's very likable. If you, I don't know if you ever met David, but he has a very strong personality and passion about his filmmaking mm -hmm. so that every time you see him, the only thing really on his mind is what can I film for the, for the next video I'm making? So he's very determined and very driven and being able to see the scale at which his merchandise has kind of reached. I can't imagine. And the brand has, has grown the, you know, the clickbait brand is kind of taking on its own, its own beast. So it's very, it's very inspiring to see kind of where he was two years ago to kind of what he's doing now and kind of that growth along the way. And he's on tour doing with Jason Nash. They yeah. have that, isn't They've it? Done the called views, views. the views podcast tour they've done, which also is very, you know, it's very successful. I think it's a top five, top 10 podcast. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, he has a lot of things in the works at the moment and it's inter interesting to see kind of where our clients will be in a couple of years from now, because a lot of them are, you know, when we started working with them, they were 19. Now they're 22, 23, which sounds, I mean, it's still very young mm -hmm. and they still have kind of a long ways to go in their career. And, you know, the ones who will succeed will do great things for hopefully, the, hopefully for the world and mm -hmm. kind of make a, a big impact. That's so cool. Is there somebody, is there a, a certain brand or a certain influencer that you can't keep product because it just always flies off the shelf? Would it be David at this point? David is one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We also work with the Try Guys. Okay who are an amazing group of guys who make amazing videos. And, you know, they really have built, you know, their brand over the last two years using their YouTube channel and using their their comedy and their wit and have just been able to generate a really strong bond with, you know, all the people who watch their videos. So people like the Try Guys, people like David Dobrik, people like Sam and Colby, they're just doing really well right now. And they're kind of paving the way with a lot of like the more custom pieces that we're doing as well. So for us, you know, it's all about evolving the, the product. So if we're able to create a much stronger product and a much uh, higher quality product, then the fans are going to kind of see that and, you know, want more of it. So for us, it's always evolving and always testing what works, what their fans want, what they don't want, and then kind of going from there.
So our show, we have influencers on all the time. So I'll keep my eye out and see who's a good yeah. fit for Fanjoy. Send them it's over. It's got to be top notch. Top notch. Top notch talent. Authentic. Yes. Connects with their fans. Yes. Tell yes. them to DM me. At I will. Chris I'll have them slide directly yep. into your DMs. Yep. That's me. Great. I'll be there. <laughs> nice. Where do you see Fanjoy evolving? Because obviously things change constantly. Is it the company evolves or is it the type of people you are reaching out to and partnering with? Does that evolve? I think a little bit of both. I think I think for us, you know, we kind of have the YouTube segment, you know, talent. Tapped in. Tapped like, in. Yeah. We have the case studies there. I think, you know, obviously beauty is a big space. Professional athletes is a big space. Music is a big space. So we have these areas that we can kind of grow out and continue to do merchandise with or merchandise for. But I also think there's a the, the ability to kind of work with our top tier talent and just build upon the brands that they have and see what other categories we can get into or what other products we can make. Outside of apparel. Outside of apparel. Mm -hmm. and, and trying to... Trying to follow what Kylie did with Kylie Cosmetics and using her. Kind we of all want to follow what she yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Send we all, us notes. We, were, we all just want a billion dollar company. You know, that's all we want. <laughs> that's all. So it's kind of taking learnings from that and seeing like who else we can kind of partner with and build something at a bigger scale. That's incredible. That's really cool. So to advice to somebody who wants to follow in the footsteps, not necessarily exactly what you did but obviously you heard a lot of no's in the beginning totally and it had to have been a little bit depressing right yes. but you just kept going and now you have this uber successful company so what do you say to a young entrepreneur who wants to do his own thing or her own thing the first thing to do is just start start like i know it's it's always you know you're always trying to look for like the right idea you, the right passion project. But if you don't start and just continue to try and evolve, you're never going to get anywhere. Uh, I also think making sure that you're able to adapt and adjust when you see kind of the market shifting is super powerful. And, you know, had we never have moved over to merchandise and apparel after everyone was like, no, the market's too saturated, we probably would be in the same position that we were in 2015. But we were able to kind of adjust, we adapted, and we just kept going and kind of kept pushing. And, you know, all those no's, it, it hurts, but I think we kind of just, we would take the no, like every 10 no's, we got a yes. And we all those yeses kind of kept fueling us and kept fueling the company to the next level. And once you kind of find your footing and find your your passion and it doesn't feel like work anymore, that's kind of the ultimate goal. But I, I never set out to kind of just chase money. It was kind of, that's a good benefit of it. But my whole thing was I wanted to build something that connected people and I wanted to find a way to do that at scale. So with that kind of being the foundation of the company is kind of what helped get us to where we are today. The other thing that really stuck out for me as we were talking is you did not have an ego along the way. It seems like you were like I just said, in the trenches mm -hmm. and you didn't have a problem DMing people or learning how to use Photoshop. And I think that that's something that I'm noticing anytime I am, I'm afraid to try something, it's the thing that holds me back. So it's like just getting in there and not, and just doing it. It was just you for yep. so much of this journey. Yeah. It's, it's really inspiring. It's, it's also, it's, I mean, it's going to be tough, but I think that's kind of what builds character that builds you into a leader. And then eventually when you're ready to hire people, you just hire the best people that you think are good for the job. But also remember that 
you have the fire fest. Never forget the fire fest. Oh my God. I did forget. No, <laughs> Thanks for reminding no, me. Now I can go cry under my bed. <laughs> it was so nice talking to you, Chris. Yeah, Thank likewise. you so much for stopping in. Thank you for we are going to be doing a giveaway with some cool Fanjoy product. So make sure you guys check us out on our Instagram so you can win some cool shit, you know? Yep. Yeah. You can win a lot of cool shit. Oh, just so much. So cool much shit. cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited to see where Fanjoy is going to go. So nice. We will Thank be you. keeping tabs on you, and I'm sure you will be surpassing Kylie. Ooh, I like that. You got to put things out in the universe. You got to put it out. Yeah. And I just put that out there. So give me a cut. Yeah, we're going to surpass I I got you. Behind the Influence is a production of iHeartRadio and TDC Media. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.